just sing it a couple more times. Oh, how he loves you and me. Somebody needs to feel that love this morning. Now, I want you to know that not only are you loved by this body of believers, but you are loved by Jesus Christ himself. He knows your name, as Priscilla sang. He knows exactly who you are. And if you never accepted Jesus into your life, I can't think of a better time than right now to just simply say, Jesus, I may not understand it all, but I know that I feel you drawing me into a relationship with you. And if you'll forgive me of my sin and come into my life, I will do everything I can to walk with you from this day forward. So as we're singing this and you need Christ in your life, just pray that simple little prayer and be born again in this moment. Come on, sing it with us. again, thank you for being here this morning, and thank you for those of you who are online with us this morning. I know that we still have several, and uh, we pray that you will soon uh, return to uh, health and restoration, and that you will feel that you can return back to us. Listen, I'm thankful for the television. I'm thank you for thankful for the live stream, but let me tell you, there's nothing like being in the house of the Lord. 
the love that you feel and the Spirit of God that flows among us, it can only really be experienced in person. So over the next few weeks, just so that you'll know, we've got about 300 chairs that we can fill up. Uh, we might have to sit right next to each other, but that'd be okay. I normally take a bath on Sunday mornings and brush my teeth and all that, so I smell pretty good. If you get close to me, I'll be, I'll be fine, and, and, and I think you will be too. And so let's fill this place back up for the glory of God and believe that God is going to bring us into a season of growth and restoration, and He's going to help us to build back better than we've ever been before. Amen? Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to grab them or look at the screens and go to Galatians chapter 6. We're going to look this morning at verses 6 through 10. How many of you know that it won't be long that it's going to be time to start planting your gardens? Now, true gardeners don't wait until the last minute to start thinking about what their garden is going to produce. In fact, I know that some of you already, you've probably ordered your seed, whether you get it from the store or whether you get it online, you probably have already gotten your seed, you're doing all the prep work. Some of you at the end of last fall, you probably put things on your garden area so that it could seep into the soil and prepare and you'll do that again. At the appropriate time, you'll have someone to come and till up your land and get the ground turned over and fresh and ready to start sowing seed into the ground. And so we know that it's about that time. Now, in Kentucky, we understand that you really don't plant seed outside until what? After the horses run. We know that. Uh, one year I decided that I didn't believe that and thought I'd go ahead and plant some things. And I discovered very quickly that in Kentucky, you don't plant seed until the horses have run. But with that said, in the spiritual realm, we have to understand that we're planting seeds every day of our lives. Every moment of every day, we are putting seed in the ground that will ultimately bring harvest into our lives. And so as we turn our attention away from the ice storms and the cold weather and we move back into the 40s this week, can I get an amen for that? Hallelujah. I'm about ready to break my shorts out just for the 40s. I, I think I could handle that. We're getting ready to turn the corner and we're starting to think about these kinds of things. I want us to think about our spiritual lives. And I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about sowing to reap your harvest. And so before we read this scripture, just <clears throat> let me ask you point blank, what kind of harvest do you want to see in your life? What is the harvest that you're hoping for? Now, in the natural realm, if you're wanting tomatoes, you will plant tomato seed or plants. And if you're wanting green beans, you'll, you'll plant that. Whatever it is that you're wanting to harvest, you have to, you have to learn to plant the proper kind of seed and do it right. So today, I want us to talk about this in the spirit realm and see how we can go about sowing to reap our harvest. Beginning at verse 6, 
It says, let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who he teaches. And do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatsoever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these next few moments that we have to be able to uh, turn to your word and gather some information that will, will bring maturity to our lives and will be able to usher us into a new season of growth. I pray that you will help me to, pre to preach effectively today and to minister the Word of God in such a way that we can understand it and apply it to our lives. Lord, the very verse, first verse that we read today says, Let him who is taught the Word share it with others, the things that he is teaching. So I want to do that today. The things that I've learned, I want to teach today so that your people can hear it and receive faith from it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, say, I'm ready to plant some seed. How about you? Amen. Now today, there are some things I want to share with you in three particular movements of this message. The first is, I would like to introduce you to two contrary realms. In other words, contrary means opposing. They do not connect. They are different from one another. And in verse 8, it describes these. It says, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So the first one that we're introduced to is this idea of sowing to the Spirit. Now, did you know that you have control over your maturity level in Christ? Did you know that you, to some degree, have the ability to control the kind of blessings that come in and exist in your life? It's not magic, and it's not that God chooses how you're going to be blessed so much that He gives us the ability to plant spiritual seed in our lives that will spring forth into harvest. And so if there are certain things that I would like to develop in my life, or certain things that I would like to see in my spiritual life, it becomes my responsibility to plant the kind of seed that will bring that kind of harvest in my life. So let's look at some examples of this. One of the things that we can do to sow to the Spirit is to be obedient to Scripture. So whatever Scripture tells us to do, if we want the blessings of Scripture to bring forth blessing in our lives, we have to read the Scripture. We have to get the Word of God in us. 
Another thing is that we can sow the seed of expressing Christ-like attitudes. That is sowing to the Spirit. How many of you know it's very easy for us to have a bad attitude? It's very easy for our attitude to turn sour. But did you know that it is our right and our ability to control the kind of attitude that we live life with? It is up to us. So if we want to sow to the Spirit, we have the ability to express Christ-like attitudes in our lives. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 tells us this. If we manifest love and joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control... That when we manifest those things in our lives, it sows seed into the Spirit. Now, it says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 25, to be led by the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit is sowing to the Spirit. So every day, I have the opportunity to sow into the Spirit by being led by the Holy Spirit, which is in me and exists in me. And if I walk in the Spirit of God, then I can see a harvest of blessing in my life. Now, when you choose to forgive someone and not to meditate on grievances or harbor resentful feelings, you are sowing to the Spirit. So if I fill my mind with things that have been done to me, things that people have said about me, things that think people think about me, then it will discourage me. It will add to my fleshly downfall rather than my spiritual maturity. And so it's my responsibility to forgive those who have wronged me. Now, you know, throughout the years, and I've lived a while now, I can tell you honestly, there have been a lot of people that I've had to forgive through the years. There have been a lot of people that I, I knew that they needed to forgive me. But the, the important part is, is if we want to sow to the Spirit, we must be willing to forgive those who have wronged us. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3, 4, and 5 tells us that it's our responsibility to bring our imaginations and thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. When we do that, we're sowing to the Spirit, but we have to capture our imaginations. We live sometimes in a fantasy world that is not going to produce spiritual fruit in our lives. Now, I'm going to be very careful in what I say here, and I hope that you'll receive it from a heart of love. But when we begin fantasizing about things that are outside of the will of God for our lives, then it will bring about negative fruit in our lives. Some of the video games that we play are pure fantasy. If I sit around for hours at a time thinking about murdering people with my guns and my ammunition, it is going to bring negative things into my life that are not going to produce spiritual results. 
when I look at things on television that cause me to lust after someone of the opposite sex, it is not going to sow good things into my life. Are you you're saying, Pastor, are you trying to tell me that we can't have any fun? I did not say that. But what I did say is, is that we have to monitor the kind of things that affect our imaginations. And when we know that our imaginations and our fantasies are outside of Scripture and outside of the will of God, guess what? We are sowing to the flesh rather than sowing to the Spirit. Only you can decide that, but I'll tell you who will help you decide it. It is the Holy Spirit that lives directly inside of you. Have you ever been doing something or thinking something or fantasizing about something and you felt the Holy Spirit say to you, walk away, get away, turn the channel, turn it off? That's the Holy Spirit helping you to sow the kind of seed into your life that will produce a good harvest and not a bad harvest. When we refuse to tell something negative about another person, even when it is true, we are sowing to the Spirit. You know what that is? It's called gossip. Now, I know none of you would ever do anything like that, but I'm just saying that if we do and when we do, maybe it's at work and some of the workers are together and we're huddled over by the water fountain and we're talking about the one who oversees us. We're talking about our supervisor and how stupid they may be, how dumb they may be, how unfair they may be. Did you know that all that's going to do is generate negative harvest in your life? And so instead, walk away. You know, I've got a good friend that I went to school with years ago. Uh, his name is Rocky. His, his name is Norman, but we always called him Rocky. And when he graduated, he started being an official. Basketball games, little league games. He grew and went through the ranks until he was he was uh, uh, he was officiating college level games, and 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 he's just been very involved in that kind of thing. He's a believer. He's a he said, I am absolutely amazed at the way that we treat officials that are doing the best that they can and are believers just like we are. But because they make a call that we don't agree with, there have been people who have literally come out of the stands and want to get in my face and say things to me that are absolutely inappropriate. And then they want to also go to church on Sunday and declare themselves to be Christians. So what am I saying? It's our responsibility to determine the kinds of things that come out of our mouths that will affect the lives of other people. We've got to be careful. Each time that we speak the truth and we honor the Word of God and we pay our bills and we offer praise to God for His goodness, we are sowing to the Spirit. And we are laying up treasures for ourselves that will ultimately bring harvest into our lives. So, there is sowing to the Spirit. But there is also sowing to the flesh. <clears throat> now, the Scripture tells us that when we sow to the flesh, 
that it will bring about corruption. We'll get to that in just a minute. So what are some examples of sowing to the flesh? Well, when we are self-centered, when we are critical of others, when we envy what other people have, it sows impatience and dissatisfaction into our lives. And it brings about a negative harvest. When parents sow things into their children, such as a critical spirit, we find fault with everyone and everything around us. We are sowing negativity into our children who are going to pick up on it and they will become the same way because we have taught them the negativity of a critical spirit. So everything we say and do, even in the privacy of our home, is picked up on by our children. And we've got to understand that the way that we live and the way that we talk and our attitudes will always be picked up by our children. And then in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, such things as marital unfaithfulness, sexual impurity, indecency, sensuality, involvement with the occult, hatred. Let me just stop long enough. You say, well, I've never asked a witch anything about my life. I've never gone and had my palm read. I've never gone to anyone to have them read tarot cards over me. I have never sat at a Ouija board and done those kinds of things. But have you checked your horoscope lately? Have you submitted your attitude and your mindset to what somebody who is dealing with occultic practices, what they think about your day and what it should be like today? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to help you understand that there are things that we sow to the Spirit. There are things that we sow to the flesh. And the Bible says that if we are involved with things of the occult, then it, it will bring negative results into our lives. Hatred, quarrels, fits of temper. Should I say anything about that or should I just move on? I think I'll just move on, if that's all right. Selfish ambition. In other words, I'm climbing the ladder, and it doesn't matter whose fingers I have to step on in order to get myself higher on the ladder than they are. So we are trying to have selfish ambition, dissension, envy, drunkenness. Let me just point out to you, that any time that we are submitting our bodies to anything at all that is mind-altering, we are sowing to the flesh rather than sowing to the Spirit. We are giving the devil permission while we are in a mind-altered state to put things into our mind that will affect us. That does not mean that you are demon-possessed, but it simply means you are giving permission to the devil to affect your lives. There is a difference. When you are possessed, you have no control over your own existence and your own being. God will not live in a vessel 
and share his space with the devil. He will not. And so what I'm saying is here that we have to be careful that when we are in a, in a mind-altering state, that we are opening ourselves to the work of the enemy. What does the Bible say about drunkenness? It says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So let me just tell you, so I can have a little glass of wine. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't bother me. But what if your child picks up the fact that what we do before we go to bed at night is have a little bit of wine to soothe our spirits and calm our souls, but they have a gene in their body that presupposes them to alcoholism, then it's possible that our little mind-altering drink at the end of the night is enough to start our child down a path that can wreak havoc in their lives in years to come. I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just simply saying we've got to be careful about what we accept when the Word of God has expressly spoken about it. Then he says carousing. And then allowing other things to take God's place in our life. These are the kinds of things that sow to the flesh. So now the next thing that we want to talk about is two contrasting results. When we sow to the flesh, the Bible says, we shall of the flesh reap corruption. Okay, so we have to understand, we know some of the things that allow us to sow to the Spirit and some of the things that allow us to sow to the flesh. We understand that. What does this word corruption mean? Well, this word corruption speaks of physical decay and moral rottenness that ultimately leads to eternal death. That's what corruption is. Now, I I don't want to be gross here today, but you know that there are certain diseases in the body. You see in, the, in Scripture all the time about lepers. Well, leprosy was a disease that once they had caught leprosy, it would begin spreading in their body, and literally it would cause their skin to just rot right on the, their bones. It would begin to just get nasty, and I'm not... I don't want to try to describe it for you because I know you got chicken on your mind here in a little bit, but it just caused rottenness to develop on their body. There are things that even now we know of, such as gangrene that can set up in a person's body. And it is so destructive that sometimes the doctor may have to amputate a body part in order to stop its spread through the body. So what the Bible is saying is, is that when you spend your life sowing to the flesh, that it is literally causing your spirit to decay and to become rotten. And so we have a choice to stop that. We have the ability through Christ to sow to the Spirit rather than sow to the flesh. 
So then if we sow to the Spirit, the Bible says, we shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now this word life and with everlasting is something that we need to describe. First of all, did you know that everybody who has ever lived is going to live forever? Everybody who has ever lived is always going to live forever. We all have eternal life. All of us do. The difference is that those who reject Christ will spend eternity in hell. The Bible says that hell is enlarging itself because there are so many people in this earth that are rejecting Christ. They are rejecting the things of the Spirit. And because they reject Christ, they will not be able to spend eternity in heaven. Now, please, again, know my heart when I say this to you. If we believe that everybody's going to heaven, then there's absolutely no sense in us sharing the gospel whatsoever. You don't need to be saved if everybody is going to heaven. You don't need to have Christ in your life if everybody's going to heaven. But if the Bible does not teach that everyone is going to heaven, then what we have to believe is that some will wind up eternally in hell because of their choice to reject Christ or for those who accept Christ and are covered by his grace, we will live forever in the presence of Jesus Christ. So here's what I'm saying to you today. If you have a, a, a friend or a family member or a spouse or someone who has not accepted Christ as their Savior, let me tell you, you should be doing everything that you can to win them to Christ. There, there may be times in your life that you need to pray in the middle of the night. You need to find a place and get alone with God and get on your face before him and ask the Lord to save them and to bring them to a place of conviction. We talk all the time about needing revival. There are some people in our lives that need to be brought to life through accepting Jesus Christ. But if we believe that everyone is saved and that everyone is going to heaven, then there is no need to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that cannot be true. It has to be true that we all will live forever. Listen, if somebody goes to hell, they go there by their own choice. Jesus didn't send them there. What Jesus wants is for them to accept him and come over to eternal life with him. But if they choose to reject him, then he is not only one who loves us, but he is one who will judge their eternal state based on their own choices. And so we have to understand as a church that our job is more than just having potluck dinners. And our job is more than just coming together and singing and, and, and letting it, in, it stir us and enjoy. All those things are good. But our number one responsibility, because no one else will do it, is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and let people know that they can be saved 
if they will accept Christ as their personal Savior. And listen, you can do that. You don't have to call me. I'm not opposed to you calling me and praying with people. I've prayed with a lot of people through the years. I've seen several people come to Christ through prayer and ministry to them. But did you know that the same spirit that lives and dwells in me is the same spirit that lives and dwells in you and you have every right and every anointing upon you to talk to a loved one. In fact, you probably have more ability to bring them to Christ than your pastor does because you already have a relationship with them. So I just want to encourage you to sow to the Spirit so that we can have life everlasting. Now, my, my last point, and Eric, don't, don't get away from me yet because my last point has six points, okay? But I'm going to try to move through them as quickly as I can. So we're going to talk about the six consequential laws of sowing and reaping. So the first one is, we reap only what has been sown. So if you sow a tomato plant or seed, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get a tomato. If, if you plant watermelon, guess what you're going to get? Watermelon. So we sow and reap only what has been sown. So if we reap sorrow and we reap heartbreak, or if significant others of ours causes difficulty in our lives, the way that we handle that is sowing into our spirit. And so we have to understand that. The second thing is that we reap the same in kind as we sow. Now, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So we can't blame our harvest on anyone else if it doesn't turn out the way that we hoped it would. Because the only one who can sow is me. It is you. And so we must, must sow in kind toward the harvest that we want to receive. Thirdly, we reap in a different season than we sow. I don't know anybody that does tomatoes better than Uncle Doug. I don't know if you've ever seen his backyard when it comes tomato time. But that guy's got it going on. I, he has the most elaborate system I've ever seen of how those tomatoes grow. And I'm telling you, it shows in the harvest. He is planting seed that they have maintained in the Wilson family for many, many years. They protect the seed. Because the seed is what produces the fruit. And the fruit is our harvest. And so listen. I'll take tomatoes from anybody. You want to bring me some tomatoes? When the time comes, sack them up and bring them on. There ain't nothing like a good bologna sandwich with a slice of tomato on the top. In fact, I'll just go so far as to say, you can skip the bologna and just do the tomato. And that's pretty good eating. 
I tell you, when Uncle Doug brings me a sack of tomatoes, say, you better get back out of my way because I'm getting ready to eat like I've never eaten. It's good stuff. He protects the seed. He plants the seed at the right time. He puts it in the ground at the right time. But you don't get tomatoes on the day that you plant the seed. It comes at a later time. Now, here's why this is important. Because we can feel like that, well, I did something that I shouldn't have done, and I got away with it. Nothing happened. God must have missed that one. Well, let me remind you that the Scripture says, God is not mocked. We cannot get anything over on an all-seeing, all-knowing God. He knows. And He will bring the consequences to our choices when the time is right. So just because you think you got away with something, don't you think for a minute that it will not produce a negative result in your life when the time is right. It'll happen. And so you have to understand that. We reap in a different season than we sow. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So let's not grow weary with life. Let's make sure that we plant the right seed because we will reap the harvest. The next thing is we reap more than we sow. Now, you know this. I grew up in a farming community in southern Illinois. And knowing farmers the way that I do, I understand that they plant seed with an expectation of a positive harvest. Now, here's what I want you to see. We reap more than we sow. Farmers will put one corn seed in the ground, but they expect from the day that they put that seed in the ground to get a stalk of corn that has multiple heads on it, each head resulting in a harvest of many kernels of corn, which also serves as seed. Now, if farmers knew that if they put one seed in the ground and then it came up and gave you one seed, they would never plant corn again. It would be a waste of their time. This is what the farming community calls the law of surplus. In other words, there comes a time in your life that you have been planting so much seed, it will all be reaped and bring a harvest at a later time, but it's the law of surplus. It will produce harvest that you won't be able to contain. Isn't that what Malachi the prophet said when he said, if you'll bring all of your tithe into the storehouse, you can test me on this, God says. Try me, see 
if I will not pour out a blessing upon you from the windows of heaven that you will not be able to contain. In other words, God says, you just bring your 10% to me and I'll make sure that the 90% becomes more than you can deal with in your lifetime. I don't know how you feel about it, but that's a pretty good rate of return on, on a sacrifice in our giving. So what I'm saying to you is, is that when we sow a seed, it multiplies many times over. You ever heard anybody say, I don't have any friends? Do you ever hear anybody say, well, I would come to church, but when I come to church, nobody ever talks to me? Did you ever hear anybody say, I just can't build any relationships there? Well, let me, let me just explain something to you. Number one, if you're going to have friends, the scripture says, you must show yourself friendly. It's not friendly if you walk in the back door at 1035 and church is already opened and started. And you find your way to the furthest seat from everybody that you can. And then when the pastor says, let's all stand and prepare to pray, you sneak out the back door before anybody can get to you, then you're not showing yourself friendly. So my question to you is, how bad do you want friends? I can tell you something about this church, and you know this is true. When church is over, we can't run people out of this place. I mean, people stay, and they stay, and they stay, and they stay. And they talk, and they talk. And sometimes when they get done talking, they start praying. And when they start praying, they pray, and they pray, and they pray, and they titus everyone. So I can encourage you. That's the reality of our church. We have people who come here early just so they can shake hands. We got people who come here early just so they can hang out with people that they love. So please don't come to me and say, I would come to your church, but your people are not friendly. What world do you live in? Because this is one of the most friendly churches and one of the least judgmental churches that I've ever been associated with. So if you want to have friends, go make some friends. Go up to somebody and say, hey, I want to be your friend. I want to talk to you for a few minutes. Where are you guys going out to eat today? Because if you don't mind, I'd like to go too. Because I eat chicken as well. I mean, and if, if we're all going, do you mind if I go too? Now listen, I understand. Sometimes money prevents that. I understand that when you got a family with a lot of children, a two, three, four, 18, whatever the case may be, it's hard to go out to eat every week because it costs a lot of money. I mean, when you have to pay $118 to go to McDonald's, it's a little rough to go every week. But what I am saying is, is that if you want to be friendly, did you know that there are restaurants in our fair community that allows the parents to come in and pay for their meals and let their kids eat for free? Did you know that? 
It just takes a little bit of homework. Oh, I didn't know that. Boy, if I can take my kids and they can eat free, let's go. See, what I'm trying to say is, is this law of surplus will work when we plant the seeds. You ever dreamed that you could have so many friends that you wouldn't even be able to count them all? But this is the law of surplus. Friendly people have a lot of friends. Ugly people have a lot of ugliness around them. It's the law of surplus. So what are we going to sow? Next, we reap in proportion as we sow. Now here's what I mean by that. If we sow one acre of wheat, we will receive what one acre can produce. But if we sow 100 acres, we will receive what 100 acres can produce. So what I'm saying is, is how much are you sowing? You see, we've been tithers for a lot of years. We've paid tithe and Something we learned years ago is just something that we've learned to do because we know that if God's on our side, who can be against us? But if I don't pay tithe, tithe, guess what? God is not obligated to bless my money because I haven't paid the tithe. But Scripture also teaches that not only should we tithe, but we should give. And you know, I've taught you this, that tithing is non-negotiable. It's 10% of what we make, and we are to bring that to the house of the Lord. Now, we don't send out duns to anybody. We, well, I don't come to your house and say, I've been noticing that you hadn't been tying and so, tithing, so you're out of here, buddy. You know, we don't do that around here. It, it is faith-based. We teach the Scripture, and we believe that you will do what Scripture tells us to do. Listen, the government doesn't give us money to have a church. <laughs> The denomination doesn't give us money to give the church. We operate our church based on the tithe and the giving of faithful givers and believers. But we decided a few years back, not long ago, that we were tired of being in debt. And what I mean by that is, we decided that we'd rather drive an old car that's paid for than to drive a new car that takes three, four, five hundred dollars out of my checking account every month. And we decided we weren't going to live that way anymore. And it took us a while, but we were able to get out of debt. And so what I'm saying to you is, is that if you want to live this way, you can live this way, but you have to sow to the Spirit. Even Dave Ramsey will tell you that the first thing you should do is pay your tithe. And then we find ways to invest money. On my Facebook uh, the other day came up a memory from uh, uh, two, three, four years ago. And there was this group of kids standing around and, and a man and a missionary and his wife. And they're standing by a keke, one of those little cars that they, that they use in their community to make money with. And do you know who bought that? Our church bought that. Sent them the money. In fact, we bought two of them for them. They got Spirit Life Church right on the front of that little thing. 
so that whenever they drive it around town and pick up people and they pay their fare and that money goes in to the orphanage there, when they do that, Spirit Life Church right out there on the very front of it. And I, he sent me the video of all the kids saying thank you. And I was so glad to be a part of that. What am I saying? I'm saying that we can control our financial destiny by being faithful to the Word of God and giving not only the tithe, but giving in every opportunity that we have to give. And finally today, come help me quit if you will. We reap the full harvest of the good when we persevere. But the evil comes to harvest on its own. Now, I want to share with you a passage of Scripture in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 24. It's not on the screen, so you'll have to check it out later. This is the Old Testament, and the prophet Ezekiel says this. He says, In his trespass, that he has trespassed, and in his sin, that he has sinned, in them shall he die. And here's what he's saying. He's saying we all have a right to live in the Spirit and to sow seed into the Spirit. But we also have a right because God has given us a free will of choice. We can choose to do whatever we want to do. He's saying that if we choose to sow to the flesh and we commit the sin, then he shall die in the sin. He's saying, will that sin keep me from going to heaven? Possibly not, because we live in the time of grace. Let me just remind you that harvest is harvest, and it's based on the seed that we sow. So if I don't sow good seed into my children, there's a good chance when they get older that they will not live in the Spirit, but they'll walk in the flesh because that's what we've sown into them. Sometimes we have to understand the importance of our seed before we can understand the harvest that we will receive. So here's what I'm trying to say to you, and I hope you'll receive it today. I, I knew full well when I came to bring this message to you that you probably weren't going to shout and declare amen every 30 seconds and that kind of thing. But I, I, I'm trying to sow wisdom, knowledge, understanding into you so that when you walk out of this house, you'll be able to grab a hold of some scriptural principles that can change your life for eternity. And so I hope that you'll grasp this and that as you leave today, that the Holy Spirit will give you some clear guidance and direction as to how you might be able to sow appropriate seed. And I believe when you do that, you're going to see the blessings of God spring up in your life. Will you stand with me this morning?